Hey guys, welcome to Mouse of the Merrimack. I'm Captain Chris Velasquez here with Andy O'Daddy. And we're going to switch gears up a little bit today, guys. We've been talking about boats, we've been talking about saltwater fishing. We got to kind of spread the wealth a little bit here, huh, Dan? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's uh, anglers that, that fish all different kinds of shapes and sizes of water. And uh, today we are on to the sweet water. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm very thankful today, although we had a big snowstorm early in the week, we were able to reschedule it, and we got, uh, you guys might recognize them, some of our freshwater fans out there, okay, we got Sean and Andrew from Real Northern Bass Talk, what's going on, fellas? How you doing, boys? Doing great, how are you guys doing? We're doing good. Good, Good. can't wait to just fish this weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting into it, huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, do we have a big snowstorm coming on tomorrow? Man, I don't do. give a shit. It's not going to stop us. <laughs> ah, that's what we like to hear. I'll be out there all day tomorrow, snow blowing, make sure the boat's clear. It's not going to snow down in the Cape, so I'll hook up the boat and head down first thing Sunday morning. Oh, there you go, man. Awesome. I got to do more freshwater fishing just so I have that kind of ability to do it. It's nice. It, it's, it makes the winters go by a lot faster. We've only missed two weekends of fishing so far. No kidding. And if I don't fish this sunday then it'll be four weeks before total before the next trip and i i can't wait that long so <laughs> <laughs> you guys have, must have very understanding wives and stuff at home huh i do he's a little more free agent no there you go <laughs> yeah, nice. no, i'm a free agent well you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny so obviously you're the 603 bass guys so granite staters southern new hampshire is that where you're from yep yeah right, smack awesome. dead in the center oh wow right so, at the bottom Wait, smack dab in the center right at the bottom. All right. That's New Hampshire yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you live in northern Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> Flatlanders, what everybody from everybody yeah. else in New Hampshire calls us because we're just down and we're in Milford, in that little valley. So every time I yeah. we're from New Hampshire. You talk to guys up in the lakes, you're like, no, you guys are Flatlanders. You're Northern Mass. Yeah. <laughs> like, I never heard that before. <laughs> Flatlanders. <laughs> so we're, before we're we get into fishing, though, and, uh, you know, because we have a lot of questions, Chris and I, because there's a lot that we need to learn about uh, fishing on fresh water. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you guys have going on with um, your, your content that you've been putting out. Do you want to start? There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, go for <laughs> it. We get all night, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Like where we started everything? Like yeah, yeah. Everything. Let's, get, let's get some history. I mean, you can start because you really started the All whole right, thing. I'll, so. I'll start and you can elaborate. Right. Um, I, I'm trying to think. I think the channel itself started in 2015 because I had a, a shit job situation that was just, I had, I was completely depressed. And prior to that, from 2009 to about the end of 2013, we actually had a really big gaming channel. And we're doing, like, Call of Duty, Battlefield 3, Battlefield 4 stuff. And my buddy got burnt out, like, 2012. I tried keeping it going until 2014, and it just, I got burnt out on it. And then my job situation changed, and I was miserable. My wife was like, you need a creative outlet again. So she surprised me with a GoPro one day. She's like, try making fishing videos, see what you think. All right, I can do that. And I didn't really know as much then still as I wanted to, but I figured I can do some cast-to-catch videos. That would be fun. So I I got to start, started doing that. And then, you know, there'd be a couple of instances where I was like, okay, this is fun. I, I know what I'm doing with jigs and stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll throw my two cents in about what I'm doing with it. I might, maybe I'm doing something different. And that just continued to grow and I'd just expand on what I was doing. And I'm always constantly driven by trying to learn more. Like every time I go out there, I'm trying to learn something. I'm enjoying myself on the water every time I do it. But I always have a goal to try and learn. Yep. Like, And it doesn't matter. And for a long time, like that was like literally all I did. I was like, oh. You know what? I still don't know how to catch fish on a jerk bait. Work on that. Okay. Now I'm covered from like 50 to ice in. Okay. Well, now I got to work in that, like that 45 to 50 degree water temp window. And mm-hmm. just, it kept going and going before I know it, we got to a point where I was like, damn, we actually like, 
can catch fish at pretty much any temperature. Yeah, <laughs> in all, any condition. So we just started talking more and more about what we know because I, I did have help from some close friends, but I made the mistake of trying to get into the tournament scene and trying to learn that way. That was a mistake because of the clubs I specifically tried to join and tried to like, you know, become friendly with these people and learn. And they, they're not friendly tournament guys. They don't, yeah, they don't want to tell you where any money is on the line. Right? No, they don't, yeah. you know, it's all these guys that they only, it's like the old ninth green and nine trick, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see shooter. I want to kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was just like, you know, I had a bad experience. I was like, man, like, why, why are people so closed mouth? So I was like, well, all right, I know a few things. I'm going to just start talking. It, it, it just started gaining traction. I, people tell me I apparently have a way of communicating things well that people understand. So I, and I don't even think about it that way. I just I vomit out what's in my brain. But apparently there's some structure to it. And people understand what I'm trying to get across. So from that point, we come to where we are today. And it's just been, uh, it, it's not so much formally educational right like it's rare that i make a video where i sit down in front of the camera or either one of us sit down and we specifically talk about like the technical aspect of what we do a lot of it is just like how we naturally fish yeah and how we naturally fish is always trying to break down the pattern for the day and that's where like kind of our bread and butter is it's not very direct it's just i i let the natural flow of conversation happen throughout the day i try and whittle that down to a few minutes and then we back up what we're talking about by showing the actual success and progression throughout the day. And we kind of recap it like during the middle and during the end. And this year trying to get a little bit more technical. So we can kind of condense that down from our typical 18, 20 minute video to like, you know, five minute videos, yeah. just, just to kind of change things up a little bit and take the whole culmination of everything we learned and, and make it more easily accessible for the larger portion of people. All right. So that's, I mean, that that's the last eight years in a nutshell. We're but just two yeah. guys that like to catch bass. Yeah, yeah. you go out and talk figure about it, out. it. Yeah. It's really all it is. And then just with our podcast and everything, just to help educate people. Yeah, definitely. And so it sounds like to me, like it's been a lot of self discovery, though. They're just getting out there and fishing, time on the water. Like you must have some type of mentor, though. Like who do you, who have you looked up to as anglers? Anyone we might know, or is it more or less the bigger bass that's out there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's all it takes, right? But that's a big one, right? Yeah. I mean, I got close friends that I look up to because you know they, they can they've either known more than I have for a longer period of time, and are like, man, I want to be as universal and jack of all trades kind of angler like they yeah. are. Um, and then like, there's a couple of pros I, I would look up to, um, Brandon Polnick, just because he's an extreme northern guy that has done exceptionally well over the country at the highest level. Someone like, you know, G-Man, Jared Swindle. Uh, um, yeah, Gerald Swindle, who is, he's just a all-around good dude. He's got, like, a phenomenal, positive, mental attitude. Uh, but You look up uh, to him because he talks more than you. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I I don't know. There's, like, nobody else because a lot of what we've done is just self-taught. You know, like, I read a lot of articles 15 years ago, but then other than that, it was just like, Okay, I, I have a foundation of understanding on pretty much everything now. It's just the two of us. Like, I look up to him more than I do anybody else because he can still do things that I, sh like, strive for. And he, he, I swear to God, he's got this, like, magnet in his arm that just draws in bigger fish on a regular basis than I do <laughs> because he's patient enough for it. So, I, I don't know. I don't really have anybody overly specific between you know, those two pro anglers and yeah, Andrew. Yeah, it's pretty specific. Just... Specific enough. Yeah. Now, were you guys friends growing up before this, or did you meet through fishing? We, no, 
knew who each we who bleh, each other were <laughs> yeah. was are you knew each <laughs> other <laughs> somehow and because we i grew up at the skate park yeah and he skateboarding he same thing but biking yeah so we always saw each other and then our mutual friend josh uh we started fishing together and then he said sean was going he was going out with sean and i was like oh i want to go so we called him up and then we started fishing together and then josh kind of got burnt out from fishing and then you kind of realized three's a crowd on the boat we made it work though. No, I'll fish three all day as oh, long yeah. as there's three people that know what the hell they're yeah, doing. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you there. And then we just started fishing together and like a lot. And then like every Sunday he'd, he'd text me, "Hey, want to go fishing this weekend?" Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. No, yep. It's yep. Not even text. It's it's like you know we sit and we'll play video games together Friday night or Saturday night, and it's like all right, so these are three options. Where do you want to go this weekend? And one of the one of the two of us throws that question out like every weekend. <laughs> so we're just like yeah. constantly trading off. Like where are yeah. we going Sunday? It's not. If it's not when or it's it's where. like word like <laughs> whether we fish throughout the week or not, yeah. Sunday is always a go. Sunday yeah. is always Sunday. Go like to church, church, right? That's it. It's like people going to church. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we go fishing. That is the church, right? Yeah, pretty much. Awesome. Do you guys ever like where you gonna go on three? One, two, three. John Stamos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? We actually we we have done that a few times yeah. where like we look at each other. We're like. We're going there. Yeah, we're going there. We do that more often than not. So <laughs> you talk about going down to the Cape. So obviously you guys are traveling to different bodies of water. Like how many lakes have you fished? Oh God, hundreds, thousands, <laughs> hundreds. Like, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> from the lakes region south, we've covered pretty much everything except for like this very southeastern corner of New Hampshire. Yeah, um, going anywhere past Manchester towards the coast, I try and avoid it because it's. It's crowded. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people. A lot and more the people out there. Just sucks. Oh, the drive sucks yeah. in the worst way. Highways yeah. that way just garbage. Yep. Sorry to bring you out here. Today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what though? This time of the night, it's fine. It's that afternoon drive home. Oh, it's brutal. And yeah. that's yeah. why I just avoid it. And especially like if I go thirty oh, minutes. Yeah, if you're coming from there on a Sunday afternoon, everyone coming down and like yeah. One oh one's a killer. Yeah. yeah. It's just it sucks no matter how you cut it. Versus yeah. if I go 30 minutes west of my house from Milford, I I I mean, dude, within, there's no true highways. It's just all. Fast back roads. Yeah. yeah but then yeah. Gotcha. we have like 20, within 45 minutes of my house, we probably have 20 to 30 lakes to choose from. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I can put my big boat in every single one of those. I don't always need to use my outboard, but it's like, so we, we do a lot that way. And that's just kind of the type of fishing I grew up with. So I, I gravitate more towards north and west when I can. And we'll go over there. But then we've just been traveling a lot more lately. We go to Vermont a lot. We've done quite a bit in Massachusetts, just going like directly south from Milford. There's tons of places like in you know central and western. Like that Mass. Fitchburg, Worcester area. We've been there, yeah. Yeah, I went to school at Fitchburg, so we used to like ice fish a bunch of lakes back there. Yeah. Oh, nice. And then in the Actually, springtime, kind of kick around. We so. were in, where the hell were we? Worcester? Worcester, yeah. What, like a month ago? Was that? <laughs> yeah. No, when was that first snowstorm? That was December, I think. It was, yeah, it was the end of December. It was, tor- so was kind of late in the year. And, yeah, that, that drive home sucked. We pushed it a little yeah, too long. Yeah, the trailer, driving in a snowstorm, you know. Uh, just yeah. people being dumb when they drive in the snow. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I got dropped off my truck. And yeah. you drove home alone, and you almost got in an accident. Yeah, because that idiot woman decided that I, I can totally cut off this dude with a boat in two-wheel drive. Oh wait, no, I can't. And she spun out in the middle of the road in front of me. I had to put my truck off, truck and boat off oh, the side of the road awful. to avoid. I stopped a foot from behind. 
Right behind the boat. Was the boat okay? Everything was fine. Yeah. I was more concerned about my truck. I just got a brand new Tundra. It was only like two months, well, three months old at this point. I'm, I'm like going off the road. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. There was, was one day schoolie striper fishing last year. The docks weren't in yet, and I launched my boat, and I'm driving home on the trailer. And this lady just all of a sudden out of nowhere just like pulls out. And I, she's about to hit my boat. And I like, like at that moment, I knew that if I actually went left, the, the ass end of the boat would have went right into her. So I went the other way and like wiggled around and just the, the guidepost on the trailer, like took off her front bumper. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. And I was, I get out and I just immediately run down. I'm just like running down. And I just look at the boat. It's <laughs> like, <"What's going> <laughs> 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 like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I, on that topic, I will digress for a minute. Have you ever actually had your boat hit? Because I have. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Oh, no, God. Like, I don't even know if we could talk I'd about I'd be in jail this, for murder now. at that yeah, point. You hit twice. Oh, oh, I forgot about the second time. Second time is kind of like nothing. I've had a boat totaled towing it. Oh, my God. So it, we were going to a spot. We we did a video on it this past spring. We call it reversing the bad luck in this lake. The very first time I tried going there was 2009. And uh, turning off of Route 101, it's kind of in a, just a terrible spot. It's out western New Hampshire, but right off of 101. And this woman just flew up behind me and didn't see it was turning off. And she rear-ended the boat. But, like, I had... Turn the car like my my I was driving my wife's Highlander and I was almost completely ninety to traffic so the boat was at like forty five yeah plowed right into the back of it doing almost forty and it hit the boat and spun it and all of a sudden next thing I know like I heard the noise but I didn't feel it because it just carried the momentum and all of a sudden I'm like what's going on <laughs> it's the car's turning and I look up in the rearview mirror in time to see the boat right up on its side and then flip right over on top oh, top cap no. totaled it right in the middle of one hundred one. Oh, and that's a shitty corner, too. Did you get a nice new boat from that? Not quite new. My dad got that boat for a steal. It was an 88 tracker. The last year they built the fiberglass ones. Okay. So, like, a month later, Wait, I ended did up... Did it have, like, a 300-horsepower engine on it? <laughs> <laughs> I heard SpaceX is making these guys some engines. <laughs> yeah, at the boat show, I saw that 600 that they're making. Yeah. They got one of those on a god. bass boat. Oh, my god. <laughs> They'd put it on there, man. <laughs> well, they would. You'd do 140. <laughs> yeah. um, we lucked out. We ended up finding a 94 Ranger 488 VS, so it was a 20-and-a-half-foot boat with a... I think I had a 175. Yeah, no, 150 yeah. on the back. No, it was 175. Yeah. The Johnson? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was 175 and for like 8500 bucks out in Keene. And it was in kind of rough shape, but structurally the thing was sound. So we ended up getting that, and then that finally led to me getting my first pickup truck because now my wife's Highlander wouldn't tow it because it, it was just too big. Yeah, Honey, uh, we got to get a new truck now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hey. You want to use the boat. We got to get the truck. <laughs> Same thing. I got a new boat. I got a new truck. They kind of go hand in hand. Damn right. <laughs> yep. So when you get a bass boat, though, what is like – What's your ideal platform? Like, to me, they kind of look all similar. You know, like, it's a, the fishing platform. Obviously, it's almost like a floating dock, really, when you think about it. There's oh, not yeah. much to get in your way. But, like, is there anything in specific in the layout that you look for, like, storage-wise or live-well-wise? Or... You've been I, – I can answer this just as well as you, but you've been looking at this so much, you can really I've been really looking. That. I've been looking for, I mean, something that can hold all my rods. Yeah. If I'm going – if we're traveling somewhere and I need to literally bring everything – we have, there's enough room. Like, even his boat, we can pretty much fit everything we got. If I took out those rod tubes inside right. the rod locker, we could probably put 30 fishing poles in there. Right. And that includes, like, eight and a half foot swim bait rods, too. Yeah. So, wow. it's pretty good. Right. For rod storage, I want something that's at least eight foot. Because um, of, like, swim bait rods and everything. Those are those are seven foot 11, I think. Yeah, all the ones. I have two that are exactly eight feet. Yeah. And there's a couple... I've looked at that are, I think, eight foot four inches. Yeah, I've been looking at some of those, too. <laughs> 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 but that and, like, a good live well, 
something that's going to keep the fish healthy. Yep. Um, it just, just all the store. I mean, storage and the way that it's laid out and the way that I want it to be. Like, if I catch a fish, where's where's the net going to be sitting? Like, it, it's got to be accessible. It can lean up against something. This just like those small things that I look for personally. Yeah, and then and a, and a good space to flip the fish in. Right. Well, <laughs> when, and then now you you get into the aspect of like budget and stuff, and it's like okay, well. Everybody love a twenty-one footer with a two fifty on the back, but if you can't get that, then you're, the next thing that I always looked at was fishing stability. I've been in some seventeen-foot nitros that if you're not standing like dead center, right yeah. above the keel, that thing like just setting the hook and the whole boat's like whoa, whoa, it, it rocks like crazy. So trying to find something that has good stability that like like even my Skeeter, it's a ZX two hundred, it's a nineteen and a half foot. Like I'm not a small person, but I can set the hook as violent as I want. He doesn't notice in the back. Mm-hmm. The boat just doesn't move. Yeah. And yeah. that that's important to me more than say speed. Other guys are like much more focused on, like, I want a 20 foot boat with a 250 tourney loaded. So, you know, to the gills with tackle and stuff and two guys full take gas, I can still do 80. And that's yeah. more important to them. But like, I like front deck space is important. So the two of us, we can literally fish shoulder to shoulder at the very front of the boat. And it's a little cramped, but it's doable. So like those are the other aspects that I look into when I'm looking at boats. I mean, if I'm look, I'm actually look, like currently looking for a boat, and I'm specifically looking for like an 18 to 19 foot aluminum, because I'm not probably not going to be going out on the big lakes alone, unless I'm with him. That's what I got my boat for. <laughs> and yeah. I'll be going out on decent sized water. Like I'm not going to be taking on a Winnie or anything on the Tuesday. But I say no, you could as long as the I mean, wind's not up. I like a Sunday, eh, it might be towing yeah. the line. I mean, wind like out of the northwest 15 plus, yeah, probably towing the line. Yeah, personally I just don't like that lake. Yeah, no. So <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm looking for something where I can bring it in the backwaters and like I can kind of ding it up, not really care about it and just cuz that's what my old boat was. It was of an 18 foot what is it? An Allegro? Yeah. It's some they it was some RV company made these boats. As okay. like a tow along type of thing, and our, one of our buddies had one, so I bought it off him for like fifteen hundred bucks, and Solid. I threw a hundred one foot pound thrust uh, trawl motor on it. Thirty six volt. The motor run runs. Yeah. But when I got it, the magnets in the stator or in the flywheel, because stator or whatever it is, they were all junked up in there. So I bought a new flywheel, which took forever to find because it's like a nineteen ninety. Uh, Mark 115. Yeah. And I couldn't find any parts for it under like 600 bucks. So Oof. I finally found a flywheel for it for like 100 bucks. I bought it, put it on, cranked it over, starter died. I was like, <laughs> and the well, starter, the boat ownership. The starter, <laughs> the starter for that boat's like 350 bucks. It's yeah, like, no Jesus. kidding. And the reman ones are just junk. So yeah. I'm not doing that. So I ended up literally taking a rope. Wrapping around the flywheel, and that's how it started. And you would pull, pull start it. Yeah. I'll start in a 115. Oh, my <laughs> God. That takes some power. <laughs> it, it, it actually pulled really easy. I start on the third pull every time. <laughs> third pull. <laughs> it's a pretty ghetto setup, but I would take that thing to literally anywhere. So if you're looking for aluminum boat, uh, do they have, like, aluminum boat that are bass boat styles? Because oh, yeah. I know. Uh, yeah, so kind of like a Lund or something like that? Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 I mean, they does, do they have, have like, more of a deep V, the aluminum ones? Or you can get them whenever. They yeah. have like flat bottom ones. They have V V holes. They got yeah. and then kind of like a hybrid, but like that Tiny, newer yeah. trackers where it, it it's kind of very fiberglassy. You know where it kind of comes down to a V, but it's not pronounced like a traditional uh, Lund you would think of. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, that would have you know like um, I forget the term for how high it sits up off the water. Not um, 
from surface to the top of the gunnel. I forget what that would be called. I tell you, my buddy Mike had a 16-foot Alumacraft, and he just striper fished with it. Right where we went fishing that day, you guys mm-hmm. came out with me in the river. Yeah. Dude, and he, had, he went from, like, his family had, like, a they had a 24-foot center console. Then they got, like, a 30-foot sport fisher, like a Lures. And then he, and then that's when, about the time we were, like, out of college and starting to work. So he bought that little 16-foot aluminum boat. And let me tell you something, dude. That kid did all the fishing he wanted to do inside the river. He knows that river every inch of it in the back of his, like the back of his hand. And uh, I got to fish on it with him a couple times before, you know, his ex girlfriend moved in and kind of ruined all that. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Mike. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, and it was just it was just a whole different vibe for me. You know, you guys come on my boat, came on my boat, and like I'm dealing with twenty to twenty six foot center consoles my entire life. Mm-hmm. But, like, the intimacy of that small boat. And I'll tell you one thing. Walking up on that flat deck on top, man, it was weird for me. It was, like, a little nervous. I kept I kept thinking I was going to fall in every time I set a hook. <laughs> I went back to cast. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty clumsy, too, so I was expecting <laughs> to go for a swim. So I'm always a little bit more cautious when I go on, like, those uh, those boats with the flat bows. When I went key, uh, carbon fishing in Key West, mm. uh, that boat was beautiful. It was a 24-foot Isla Mirada fiberglass boat. Dude. Gorgeous. The, nice. the guy that I went with was actually supposedly helped design it. And um, but it had that really flat deck where there was like an inch of freeboard. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're fighting 80 to 120 pound tarpon, dude. And I was like, I was getting more nervous. I was gonna step off the boat. I just wasn't <laughs> used to it. I usually get caught by the edges, you know. <laughs> yeah, when we went out when we had those like what was it, six, seven footers. Yeah. And I was like leaning up against. So I was like, okay, this oh, is kind of right. like we were a basketball, but I can <laughs> yeah. do this. Yeah. do this. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, right there at the mouth when, like, at the cert, whatever you call it, when the current was coming in against the tide, all of a sudden it was giant waves. I was like, this is actually really nice in this boat. This, this is kind of like three and four foot footers in my boat, but these are like six and seven. Feels like I don't think they were that big, but. Uh, I think if I remember correctly, it was kind of rough that day because that's when we finished up the day, right? Yeah. 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 That yeah, was good. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll tag that in the um, the comments here too. The YouTube video. These guys made a video coming out on Mandolin Charters uh, last year. That's actually how we met. Yeah, mm-hmm. through one of my clients, Dennis. So how do you guys know Dennis? He was supposed to come tonight. But... I knew him because of him. Okay. Yeah, and I'm trying to <laughs> if if memory serves correct, we just oh we we, we met through Facebook and then we ended go. up finding out like I we were both posting on the New Hampshire like NH Bass Fishing Facebook page. And we just got to talking, and then, like, he started watching videos, and he's like, hey, you, I think you and I, like, fish in the same area. So we got talking more and more, and then we realized we both live, like, two miles apart. Yeah. Oh, like, no, oh, okay. right up the road from us. No kidding. <laughs> so we went fishing together one day, and I, like, just clicked immediately. I was like, I texted him. I was like, yeah, he's one of us. Like, he's, just, yeah. he's, he's our people. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a good dude. I, I think his first time he came out with me, brought the whole family, mom, dad. It was great. We had yep. a blast. He's yeah. a good dude. Knows how to throw a jerkbait. Yeah, he does. Both <laughs> you and him have taught me a lot about, or just helped dr- grow my confidence in throwing a jerk bait, especially the, the last year. This last fall was really good for a jerk bait bite. That was fun. It's easy to do. Hey, you gonna throw that jerk bait yet? Yes. Nah, not yet. Hey, you gonna throw that jerk bait yet? Yeah. Mm, I wait nah. until you get like hey, five or six. You should fish probably ahead of me. throw that jerk bait right now. <laughs> okay, I'll try. That's it. how we do everything. <laughs> we'll, we'll like, you know, it, you can pick like one of the three baits any given day. It's like you know, one of those three is gonna work. And then there's every once in a while where it's like, no, they're just gonna eat a jig or they're yeah. just gonna eat a jerk bait and jerk bait second fish i ever caught was my personal best smallmouth five pounds even on newfound lake and that was like 2015 and despite that until like two years ago i still struggle with confidence with it and so it's one of those like i we both do the same thing it's like you really should be throwing this cracks in their fish We're like mm, not yet well, okay, well, the moment you get, like, five or six fish ahead of me, now we get a problem. We're going to pick it up. 
<laughs> they, is, it, is, it, is it true that Newfound Lake's like the cleanest lake in the country? I don't know about that. I would I have a hard time so believing anymore. it, though. There's enough houses yeah. up there that I, I can't imagine yeah, that's now true. Yeah, it's all, all different mm. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, last time we were up there, the water just wasn't what it used to be. No. Really? Oh, that's sad. Yeah, yeah and it, it was at one point, I know it was in the top 10 clearest lakes in the state. Yeah. And as far as I know, New Benusit is still number one. Okay. And I've heard that place is just stupid. I mean, Newfound's clear, clear. You can, on a good day, typical day, you can see like 15 to 20 feet down. Yeah. Um, and then all those people from Massachusetts got all the houses up there. And flicking the <laughs> cigarettes in there. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just a butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So when you guys, like, when you're, when you're deciding where you're going to go, like, what's your recon like? Are you using, like, an avionics chart to, like, learn, kind of learn the depths of certain areas? Mm-hmm. Like, are you, like... When we put the boat in, we want to go here. Like, you just know if you've even never been there before? Uh, we do a lot of research before, usually. Yeah. Like, we'll come up, usually, if, like, we're just, I mean, we usually know where we want to go due to the conditions from the previous trip that we've taken. Yeah. So we're like, yeah. okay, so this should be like this, so this place should be good now. Yeah. Or yeah. this place could be better. And then we have, like, three or four places we're just kind of, like, thinking about going to, and then mm-hmm. we start looking. And then sometimes we find a pond that's, like, couple miles away from where we were looking we're like oh actually dude check this place out and we'll send yeah. like text back and forth back and forth then he'll look it up on navionics and send me pictures of it and I'm like okay yeah let's go there yeah and then we kind of have a good layout of the land just by by looking at like that's Google, awesome Google so like Earth as the seasons change too obviously water temperature is different so like like what what are you kind of looking for now like this time of year when you do have that for like 40 degree water oh uh, like what depth wise and all that fun stuff it depends on what kind of body water you go to, what the average max depth is, okay. what it has for different contours. Yeah, so it's um, more like a ratio, uh, like proportion-based type fishing. Like they're probably going to be, like if it's a 100-foot lake versus a 50-foot lake, like fish could be at 50 feet in a 100-foot lake, but they'd be at 25 feet in a 50-foot lake. Yes and no. Okay. It depends. Yeah. It, it, a lot of that is driven by weather conditions, and it's, okay. a little, it's a lot more predictable going from summer into fall especially when you're talking about a deeper body of water mm-hmm. because, you know, they they stay deep, like what, especially smallmouth. Like once they get out deep in that middle summer pattern, they kind of stay there. They just go from the middle of the lake up towards main lake points. And the reason they do that is they're looking for transition areas. So as you get, you know, how New England is with the weather in the fall and the spring, it's just wildly up and down. So yeah. when you get a couple of really warm days, if they're up against a 45-degree bank, they want to be, you know, if it's a place that's like 60 plus feet deep, then like 40, 45 feet roughly is kind of their happy zone. Maybe upwards of 35, sometimes they're on the bottom, but like that's kind of the general area we found them pretty, pretty consistently. But if you get like, you know, two or three really, really warm days, those like unseasonably like 70 plus degree days in November that we get fairly often, all they have to do is just swim up the bank. And it's like, you know, 50 foot swim, and now they're only in 10 feet of water, and they're in that really, really happy zone for water temp. And then the moment that cold snap hits, they just swim 50 feet back down, and they're back down there. I'll be like, ah, shit. And then I'll you... be back, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then, you know, a smaller body of water, like, uh, I actually just posted a video about this today, and it, it's one of, like, our most consistent areas we've ever fished, is uh, your typical New England kettle pond, right? It's maybe 200 acres or less. Your average max depth is, like, 16 feet. But as long as you have a sizable area of that deeper water and then sharp transitions that then like have it. So in this case, I don't know. Like, yeah, let's say it's 16 feet deep on a 150 acre lake and you've got 50 plus acres where it's about 14 to 16 feet. 
and then you've got bigger, shallower flats that are five feet or less. They want to get up on those flats as soon as you get some nice weather, but it has to have a quick transition where it goes from that five, six foot right back down to that 12 to 16 foot quick. And it, it, grand scheme of things, a four to five foot swing is not a big deal, but it is to a body of water like that. It's all relative. Yeah. You know, like that's a significant difference in depth for something that only gets to a max of 16 feet. So if you can find a nice spot where you've got that nice expanse of flat and it's got something either hard structure like rocks or vegetation uh, that they can go in and kind of ambush bait from because the bait are going to be more opportunistic than the bass and the bass are just following their food. So all the bait move up, but they need to be kind of close to that transition spot. So say over a 300 foot stretch, they can get up three feet of water but the moment that cold snap hits, 300 feet away, they're back down to 16 feet max. So, like, th- those are the kind of things we look for. If I find a pond that's, like, dead consistent for depth across the board, I avoid that like the plague because that's 10 times harder, in my opinion, to break down because everywhere and nowhere could yeah, be a spot. Right? There's, there's anywhere, nothing yeah. unique anywhere that would set something apart. So yeah, we try so to find places that have difference in con- contour changes. That's the big thing. And it, it kind of makes sense too. Like you're talking about having that shallow lake that about 16 to five, as opposed to something that's 60 up to 45, right. For the winter time, because you look at those smaller lakes, they will warm up quicker on those, on those uh, spells that just jump up in for a couple mm-hmm. days where yep. it gets pretty hot. So those fish are probably, it's easier for them to move up into that feeding zone for a couple days and come back down. And it's crazy. Just we, we talk, we've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of people in freshwater, saltwater, all different types of species of fish. And everybody is always talking about the relative uh, deepness to shallow transition areas, whether we've been talking about striped bass, largemouth, smallmouth, uh, tuna fish, sharks. It's just something that's consistent between like every single fishery. And it makes sense, too, because these fish want to spend as little amount of energy as possible and eat the most that they can when they have that opportunity. Bingo. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how they survive. That's how they get big. That's how they live. You know, it's the only thing they got to think about all day. Right. Sleepish. (laughs) (laughs) So that's really cool. And confession, I've never caught a smallmouth before. Oh, my God. We have to take you out. Dude, my freshwater (laughs) experience... Since I mean, I used to go all the time when I was a kid with my dad. Like we, Sunday was our ritual thing. Mm-hmm. Most Saturdays too. We were lucky. We, Mom let us out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then once we started probably striper fishing when I was like seven or eight, and we got into the boat thing. Um, the freshwater fishing just kind of went way way down. Um, so like nowadays, I get to do a little trout fishing, and I'm always like excited to get out there my three or four times a year. But like, yeah, smallmouth man, I've I've never caught one. Dude, pick a Sunday, any time of the year, we'll put you on a smallie. We'll we got put you, you on good smallies. Too. Got you, brother. We got a couple of weeks coming up. We'll <laughs> yeah. give you a right. check it out. I just I remember from my childhood, my dad's always been a Lake Winnie guy, and like he had his buddy Al Smith, who's actually from Litchfield, which I don't think is too far from you guys, no, right? It's only no. like twenty minutes. Uh, he did some tournament fishing, and his he had a Ranger that had like a two hundred horse motor on it, and the thing would go like eighty miles an hour. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and uh, we would have some awesome mornings because we'd wake up, I go fishing with him, and then we go on the boat like later in the day. And there would be mornings where we'd literally just catch like thirty, forty smallmouth. It was just like every cast. It seemed like. Now you got to go through 30 or 40 rock bass before you get a smallmouth up there. Yeah, up there, it's, yeah. It's no bad. We're actually talking oh, about that on the way up here. It's horrific. All right, so wow. explain to me what a rock bass is. That, so the it's like, is that the red, one the red eyes? Invasive. Yeah, it is. It's like a extremely. It's like a smallmouth that fucked a bluegill. Okay, <laughs> spot yeah. on. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass and he eats fucking everything. Doesn't it really? <laughs> oh, dude, no they, they absolutely decimate beds in the spring. Yeah, um, and they have an extreme overlap with smallmouth pretty much all season until you get to like middle of the summer when the smallmouth push like forty feet or deeper. 
then you really start to avoid the vast majority of rock bass, but they can still get down that deep. I mean, I think back, we went to the St. Lawrence river, uh, 2019. I've been every year since 2019. He came with me 2019 and 2020. And was it the second year we went, we're fishing the river and I caught that rock bass in 75 feet of water. That was dumb. Like we, we, we pulled up behind this Island and it was just sheer cliff face. But then it kind of rolled out at the bottom and looked at my finder. And all of a sudden it's marked a bunch of fish. I'm like, Oh, it's gotta be smallmouth. There's no way it's anything else. Dropped down off a little solid thunk. I'm like, hell yeah. I leaned up into it. I'm like, oh, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> and I pulled it up and I looked at him. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Do they have red eyes? Yeah, for the yeah. most part. Yeah, yeah. 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 so I did a, I, I also did a trip to Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes. Mm-hmm. And it was, wasn't was like walleye season. And there was a guy that I just made my stepfather hide to take us out. And we went bath, bass and northern pike fishing. And we caught a shitload of those rock bass. They're native out there, though, and like in Great Lakes region and Champlain and stuff, but they're not as much of a nuisance because they have natural predators in pike and walleye. Yeah. And those fish, especially the pike, they'll, they'll eat a ton of them. Like, we go to Champlain fairly often now, and even when we're out in the Great Lakes, like, there's so many, but there's so many predators that they've been checked in balance. New Hampshire, there is no real natural toothy critter predator to them, so they've just been freaking exploding unchecked because they don't have anything, and... This is something we keep talking about. Well, like, I, I we wish New stop, Hampshire. We got to stop putting bike and pike in lakes. I guess I, that's <laughs> literally what we want to do. <laughs> New, it's New like Hampshire. pike and walleye. It's oh, like, seriously, like, how crazy all the ice fishermen will go for walleye and love it. Oh my god, it would be amazing. It, like, yeah. yeah, I wonder what the ecological <laughs> impact would be if you did put a walleye in there. The problem is, is that I think the walleye more than the pike would start eating the trout, and yeah. New Hampshire is just one hundred percent trout centric, which yeah. is annoying because it's unless I'm entirely mistaken, I believe bass fishing in the last few years overtook it as the most popular target species in the state. But the state still puts 100% of their resources into trout because in their exact words, well, bass don't need help. They're a self-sustaining resource, whereas trout, we need to constantly replenish or they're gone. Okay, well, let's rethink how we've been doing this for a long time and maybe put stronger restrictions on the trout because if you're not constantly dumping you know millions of dollars back into this to keep them alive then clearly there's a problem with how much are being yeah. taken out and they literally fly helicopters into remote ponds to drop <laughs> trout in really yeah, you know? yeah they <laughs> use helicopters to stock the stock yeah. the lakes so it's like it's just it sucks because they're still so trout centric that the idea of bringing in anything else that might hinder their ability to continue to flourish they're they're just not going to listen to it i don't think but we're actually talking about it. I know two guys that are biologists with New Hampshire Fishing Game that I've met. Um, I was invited up to New Hampshire Fishing Game this past summer to speak to a bunch of high school anglers just about, could, from my perspective as a coach for a team. So I want to reach out to them and see, like, what do we need to do to have, like, a genuine conversation with the state to start thinking about this? Because they keep just telling us... It, They've been telling us this on the for only the last thing six years. The only many. thing they've done is say that it, it's an invasive species and you can kill them. Yep, and yeah. don't worry, and like, it, it'll balance itself out. No, it's done nothing but get worse every year. It's it bad. hasn't gone back the other way yet. Kind of like worse. Those, those Asian carp. Have yeah, you seen those it's videos. The same thing. Yeah, yep. It's invasive, unchecked. Unbelievable. Is that a relatively new thing? Because I never really those heard Asian about carp. Them. No, no, the rock bass. Thing. Oh, rock bass. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say within the last seven. Yeah. About tw- I want to say right around 2015 is, I mean, they've been in there a little longer, but about 2015, it was like, holy shit, what happened? It was like flipping a switch. It was like the like population we tripled in one season. Would, we they, caught like 150 rock bass one day. One day? And like four smallies. Not even kidding. Oh, my God. That's wicked annoying, especially oh. if you don't want them. Oh, oh yeah. shit. And they just oh. decimate things. The only cool thing about it, 
was one day I was up there with John, um, not this past summer, the summer before. Mm. And we pulled up at a point up in Moultonborough Bay and we started just like, okay, this is not it. And you give them the death spin. You literally throw them up in the air like, and you kind of like snap your thumb really hard. Mm-hmm. You can rotate at least 10 times, kind of general thumb, and, and they'll <laughs> die when they slap the water. And so that's what we were doing. We were throwing way up, death spin, they'd hit. After the fourth one, I was kneeling down to fix my drop shot. John was standing up right behind, beside me, and he's same, he's same as me, 6'2". And I, I became aware of like a rustling, ruffling noise. And then three seconds later, I hear John just goes, holy fucking shit. And I look up, and there's a bald eagle right over our heads. Oh, yeah. So he saw us chucking up all the fish. I've done that at Lake Gumbagog. Like, oh, you yeah. knock a fish out, a kibbe's out, and then a bald eagle just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> i think we got it to eat six rock bass we'd pluck one up so he, he perched up on the tree right beside us and he's just like sitting there like what are you doing so yeah. we catch one we're like we hold it up and as soon as we like held the fish up he was me like ready <laughs> <laughs> and That's we tossed it out and he came right out and scooped it it was awesome um but I, as to how they get in there the standing theory primarily uh is from ice fishermen so when you get all your shiners and they're that small they're not very easily identifiable as to if it's actually a shiner or if it's a rock bass or if okay. it could be something else. And that's why they say kill your bait when you're done at the end of the day. Don't dump it in the lake because it could be something invasive. Rock bass. Yep. So that that's the primary and I guess most common theory as to how they got in there. Wow. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. I never knew that. I just learned something new. I that's do have really another cool. sweet bald eagle story, though. I was duck hunting on the Merrimack River. Yep. And one came... Like straight in, I swear to God, it was gonna take out take a decoy, and it cupped up like right right over me, and it was just like straight. And then that's when I saw like the sheer size of how big they really are. Oh yeah, because typically you're seeing them from a distance. It's like oh you know it's a big bird. Like yeah whatever. This thing was like honestly it was like a five foot wingspan. Dude, they're absolutely massive. And then it just flew away. And I just turned and thank God there was another person there. I was like, Pat, did you see that? That was was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) We've actually actually seen more bald eagles in the last two years. Oh, really? Like, literally, almost every single time we go out, we see at least two, one or two. Yeah, that's awesome. It's crazy. We saw a couple last week. We did. Carp fishing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it mass that we've been seeing it more, or are we seeing more bald eagles and osprey in the same area, or is that Vermont, or both? Kind of both. I mean, they're just kind of, and falcons, too. Yeah, they're I, everywhere. I, we've been seeing a lot more. One was behind the boat, just chilling, just like going back and forth, diving down, and remember that? Yeah, remember um, last trip up to Newfoundland uh, this past fall? And we're sitting there fishing, all of a sudden, like, saw a bird go over, and then, like, a splunk, big splash behind us. I'm like, what the hell was that? And I look back, there's a little bird dead in the water. Oh, and yeah. And then that falcon was just circling over. I was like, holy shit, that bird just killed that bird. <laughs> Dude, so I, I had a guy on my boat last year. He he worked for the Autobahn, and we're going under the bridge, and he gets his camera out, and he's looking up in the bridge. And um, I'm like, what are you looking for? He goes, oh, there's a nest up there for, oh, I forget the name of the fucking falcon. Peregrine falcon? It was a peregrine. I thought yeah. so. A peregrine I saw one falcon. Coral once. They were amazing. That's an amazing, amazing bird. They're so cool. And, and they eat birds. Like, yeah. that's the only thing Dude, they, they eat on. They, they, they crazy. can fall at, like, like whatever you could. Like, they accelerated 9.8 meters per second squared. <laughs> <Yeah>. Everything <laughs> they does. Can like, no, they can build up velocity to go, yeah. like, almost over 200 miles an hour. Yeah, it's like, crazy. It's, like, insane to just take out whatever's below them in the air or on the ground. It doesn't matter what it is. Dude, predator birds are wicked fucking yeah. cool, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. I actually I don't care how old shit. you are. They're the coolest fucking thing on the planet. <laughs> they really I remember, like, when I was, like, 25 years old, I'm like, I'm falconry? Like, what's this permit? And then I went down the rabbit hole. I'm like, Phew. 
how come he's fucking sweet? <laughs> yes, it is. It's just literally like this guy with this like long wispy beard and this huge glove on. He's just like like blowing a whistle and it's coming back with squirrels and shit. I'm like, this is amazing. It's like adult fetch. Yeah. <laughs> adult fetch. <laughs> go get me a, some, I don't know, maybe a horse. <laughs> I just go get a trout first and then come back to your falcon like, hey, I want the red next surfing turf go get me a squirrel <laughs> well they get like some like national geographic ones i saw one of an eagle getting a uh like a halibut or a flounder or something which is crazy that is wild. yeah yeah i mean it wasn't really super deep water it was clear water yeah and like they got the whole scene they got the the eagle circling around and they it saw the flounder i I think it might have been a halibut, and it saw the halibut and just came down whoosh, right off the bottom of the, of yeah, the ocean. For a fish so that can cool. be so incognito, that's right? like really impressive. Yeah. They really can blend in. Crazy. That is wild. So, all right, I do have, I have another question. When you're talking like 50 feet, right, and you're in a boat and you're drifting along, like, what are you doing to get baits down there? Like, Not how, much. How, how does, really? Because I just think, when I think of fresh water, everything's lighter. And smaller, and like, how long does it take to sink a bait? Seen some of the baits I throw. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I'm wrong, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, no. I mean, how long do you think it takes for a three eighths ounce football head? If we're fishing fifty plus feet, the lightest we'll go is three eighths. Probably ten, fifteen seconds. Okay, yeah, three eighths. Doesn't so it's, take too too long. Yeah, yeah vertically like jigging them or casting them out like long bomb, long you know, bomb, like 150, 200 foot cast. Yeah, I saw something. Is this so? Is this so? Yeah, I saw something. Um, I forget what it was. It was a striper thing. Um, and they were talking about some of the freshwater guys are starting to use, like, really small jig heads, like, really small, like, eighth of an ounce or sixteenth of an ounce, oh, yeah. and just putting on little grubs or whatever and dropping them down slow. And it's taking, like, a minute for it to fall. But they're getting hit on the drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that's a really interesting technique. It makes total sense. Oh, yeah. Total sense. I mean, best way to anything. Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. caught them on Twizzlers. Like, yeah, <laughs> not even kidding. Like, I ran I out of fishing up at Am- 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 Ambagog, I think I'm saying that right. Like, yep. there was this rock pile that we found, and uh, I was just using like it was maybe I, I, I don't know the weight. It was probably eighth ounce or maybe a quarter ounce, and it had like the little paddle tail on it. And every time on the drop, just throwing it in, it was dropping down and boom, fish drop, boom, boom, boom. fish it was mm-hmm. awesome. I can tell you that <clears throat> New Hampshire Bass Nation is one of the biggest tournament trails in new hampshire and they have four opens at the end of the season they have the stqt the state team qualifying tournament if you finish top 10 both boater and uh co-angler then you go on to regionals <clears throat> and from regionals to nationals if you and nationals go to the bassmaster classic the super bowl of bass fishing yep. that's where all the pros like the top pros of the so world you see get charlie to. moore bass yeah, you see charlie, there. <laughs> <laughs> charlie wouldn't even make it through to the stqt <laughs> No offense, Charlie. Local legend. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I think he's aware of that. He he knows enough, but I don't know if he could get there competing. But at any rate, so on that topic of really light stuff, um, I have a bunch of friends that were fishing it. And I was talking to them because they were there at the weekend before the um, first tournament for the high school team that was coaching. So I already had a good game plan. It's usually really consistent up on Winnie in the fall. And I, it, my game plan is yet to fail me, but I'm talking about one of my buddies. He was like, you wouldn't believe what we were doing. I was throwing a flick shake. So it, it kind of looks um, like a wacky rig hook or like a circle hook. It's got a little, little round head on it. And they are usually like an eighth of an ounce or lighter. And he was throwing a one sixteenth ounce flick shake with a five inch like finesse worm. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of long, but really, really thin the whole way through the body. 
in 90 feet of water for smallmouth. And wow. it, they wouldn't hit it until it got down to about 60, 65 feet. He said it was the longest I have ever had to wait for anything to happen. But <laughs> every fish he pulled up was at least three pounds, which doesn't seem like big. But for Winnie that time of the year, and especially smallmouth, that's solid. If you're averaging over three pounds of fish, period, that time of the year, you're yeah, usually awesome. doing pretty damn good. Did he catch the first one because he cast and then had to take a leak? No. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm curious. I wouldn't be actually be surprised if that was the case. But he was, uh, yeah, and he was like, you got to get your kids out there to do it. I'm like, dude, I can't even get my kids to be patient enough to, like, deal with a half-ounce weight going down 40 feet. You want me to wait, have them wait that long? Yeah. It's never going to happen. And it ended up, the day of our tournament, it ended up, friggin monsooning literally the worst rain i've ever been out in in my boat ever like i wouldn't go out in this myself yeah even if i was getting paid I'm like that this is where i draw a line and the wind was ridiculous yeah, and the that wind was the day of the tournament yeah. <laughs> it's by far the worst one i've ever been in but yeah to that point it's it, there's a lot more guys going towards that wicked like ultra finesse kind of fishing yeah super lightweight stuff really really small finesse presentations um because it's kind of the polar opposite of what we're getting more into, which is the big, big bait stuff. It's yeah. just two wildly different pers- you know, ends of the spectrum, but both have their place at certain times and conditions. Yeah, more casts, more fish. That's what I say. You know? <laughs> I, mean, I let it rip. Have you have you tried using like the the magnum spoons or anything like the big? Yeah. <laughs> we just started doing that oh, this yeah. year. Nice. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> cool, because um, so we got picked up by Strike King uh, last year. And we're going through, like, you know, all our sponsors, they just give us, like, a big lump to, like, play with. So we're going through. We got a shit ton of soft plastics. We use a ton of their plastics. We got a bunch of crankbaits. And uh, Andrew's like, he's like, I wonder if they have big spoons. So we're like, look, they have big spoons. So we're like, okay. We ended up getting, like, 20 of them. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> the day after you guys came fishing with me, yep. I went there the next day. And uh, they weren't really working on the sluggles. They were really hanging down the bottom real tight. We actually had a a big group of herring pegged up against the rock pile that we were fishing on. Mm-hmm. And all the bass were sitting about 50 yards behind it. And we brought out the jigging spoons and we, we hammered them. It was oh, awesome. Damn. It was so much fun. Completely different style of what we were doing in the exact same spot the day before. Hey, you caught fish? <laughs> <laughs> well, that day you took us, we went out with you and we went out to the mouth right there. I remember you picked up that spoon. I remember watching you. Rip, rip, oh, yeah, you boom, got And the fucking yeah, rod slammed down. <laughs> It's like, Dude, it's shit. like they catch you. The way they hit on those things is, is incredible. It's super fun. It's super I'm, I want to bring, I want to bring, like a big glide out. We're going yes. back out with you. Yes, you do. I, I want to glide. Yes, you do. I have like, that one. That one that kind of looks like, oh, like yeah, like the Gancraft 303. It's a, 12, oh, it's a 12 inch bait. Dude, that's a $300 bait. You can't bring that. <laughs> I don't know if it'll get down deep enough either. All of a sudden, if I lose, it'll give me another one. Bring it into the flats. No, you know what? He probably will, actually. Yeah. No, I'm not going to hold it. to that. A, a bass bring will it. absolutely devour a 12 inch bait. Yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we fish, I fish a lot of nines and tens for sure. No problem. Yeah, because we fish with 12 inch sluggos, like plastics. Mm. Right. You know? Yep. All right, I'm bringing my glide. I already talked to Dennis. I was like, "Hey, we're going out with Chris again this spring." Right? He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Okay, good." Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. He told me to get. He told me to give him a couple dates, and I gave him like four. And literally within like the next two hours, I checked, and like three of the dates got fucked. I'm like, "Dude, hurry, <laughs> up, hurry up!" Did he book a date then? Um, you know what? I don't know if he actually gave me a, a date just yet. So I get told get him just we to book it. it. <laughs> Damn it, Dennis! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I was like, just let me know. He's like, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> I need redemption from last time. I only got one fish. Did you really? I was working yeah. the shit out of that top water. Yeah, um, you were. 
and I was standing on the front of the boat, and I was like, over there! And you're like, I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Standing on the fucking bow of the boat. That's the thing, though, man. If the top water bite's on, it's like, it's what you guys would all be doing, you know? That's like, yeah. yeah. I love top water for snipers. It's so so awesome. It really is. I'll make sure I bring my two swim bait rods. I'm going to bring top water. So, do we got those giant walkers. Remember that we got from Striking? Yeah, like the one that I was using from Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Bring yeah. that and one of our, our big glides. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. I'll have to pick another one up just for that trip. What, another one of the walk- oh, glides? Yeah. Or? Not Which... that one, but... No, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's another $300 glide. No big deal. <laughs> another depths, maybe. Because I'm due for a new one anyway. See, I see that depths would actually probably do exceptionally well. It's got the right sink rate that for over there. I think that would work really well. It would. I'd have to crank it fast. So what is it? Explain it to me. Is it just glide a, sli- bait? a glide bait? It's just single jointed. Yeah. And you can go slow with it. You can go fast with it. You can you kind of jerk and it'll kind of do big glides. Okay. And what's it just go a little bit underwater? Is it a top water thing? Different like sink rates. You can However get ones. You, do it. you can even get top water ones. You can get ones that sink like a rock. So you have to really crank them fast. Is that kind yeah. of like a new style lore that's come out recently? Like no. at it's least definitely the term, the glide bait. It's definitely what? not new, but it's definitely more popular than it used to be yeah sure. i feel like it's a bait that, that when you're at like an expo it's the one they're throwing in the big tank yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, yeah. it's oh, it's yeah. crazy like yeah. when you watch it swim because it, it has like a natural sashaying glide action too that's why they call it a glide bait mm-hmm. so when you work it just right it literally looks like a fish like just smooth as butter swimming this perfect little s turns back and forth um and and that's it's just kind of easy fishing totally totally different when it comes to actually catching fish but the amount of fish it calls out yeah, I haven't seen any other bait call out fish like I have a ten to twelve inch glide. Wow, I don't understand it. It just it's stupid. I've seen more big fish follow his glide in the last year than I have seen personally in my life chase anything else. Wow, it's yeah. stupid. It's a presentation. They're big. Right? They're all big. Yeah, they're it'd all be, big. be a great herring presentation that time of year when we yeah. have like those seven and eight nine inch herring swimming around. I got a sure. I got a I got a rainbow trout one. So yeah, the steel great color. <laughs> that great one, color. That one Brian gave me was like almost perfect uh, herring imitation. Yeah. That's an eight inch glide. Yeah, and that one's actually got oh, a decent yeah. sink rate too. I'm gonna bring the got throw the shit out of that thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> This could Absolutely. be fun. Oh, I can't wait to try them out. I got a sick. giant whopper. Oh, no, I gave that to Jackson. Ah, you go get it back. Well, a whopper flopper? Uh, dude, it's huge. <laughs> dude, I've always wanted to try one. I've never, I never pulled it's the not, trigger it's on It's not it. like like the little ones where it's like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's yeah. like, fuck, fuck, fuck. You ever seen a whopper flopper? No, no. Dude, so it looks like the front end is like a spook, right? Yeah. It's like a dildo with a tail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. But, but the back end, it's like a propeller. So when you reel it in, it spins around and goes, blah, 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 blah. It's yeah. big. Larry Dahlberg made I'll have to see if I get that back from just for that. Yeah. Yeah, the oh the whopper plopper. <laughs> That's coming mates. back too. Yeah, I have no. Re- I I always thought you know what I always wanted to do. I always wanted to rig it up for tuna and like because back in the day we used to troll like sluggos for for like fifty pound tunas and like we put little birds on there to cause a splash. Mm-hmm. And I remember just thinking like, man, I wonder if a whopper plopper out there. I bet there that would get would absolutely demolished. I bet it would. I bet it would. Dude, are you kidding me? I don't know if they'd be able to handle that. I don't, yeah. I don't really because I never really seen one in person. I've only seen them like I've seen the hunt for big fish. Those guys fish it, but that's about Dude, it. Dude, you should try. How are they constructed? Is it like a? Is it wire inside? It's gonna probably is be it? a through wire. I would, yeah. I would think now. It is. It's just it. a through wire with the the bait goes over the through wire, and then on okay. the back it's got the prop with the hook. Does okay. River to Sea make them now? Is that yep. who makes them? Yeah. 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 They're yeah. probably. I would say they're by far the most popular brand. Yeah, and I would, I, oh, and by sucks. far the most copied bait. <laughs> oh yeah, no. yeah. But when they first came out, like they exploded. Like people started catching fish on left, right. It was 
an easier way than fishing a buzz bait because it floated. Correct. But it had that same impact that a buzzbait would give you. Just didn't like it was it was brainless in how you could work the thing. Just bomb it out and reel it in. It just did all the work for you. Versus a buzzbait where you gotta kind of finagle it a little bit and you have to maintain the right pace to get the right sound out of it. Buzzbait just blah, 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 it just goes. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you heard me mention the name Larry Dahlberg. Do you know who that is? I do. Yeah. So the hunt for big fish back in the day, they used to have saltwater Sundays on ESPN and mm-hmm. be saltwater fishing. And he was one of the fishing hosts. And one of the things that they used to do would he go in his workshop and he was a big lore maker and he made the, the whopper plopper, the Mr. Wiggly, which is oh, river to sea makes that as well now. And then, um, Probably, I don't know, at some point in time, maybe like 10 years ago, it looked. I think he sold all his designs to River to Sea, and they make all his baits and stuff now. Hmm. Oh, shit. So, That's pretty cool. Um, like, it's, like, available. But, like, if you go back, I don't know if they're on YouTube. I'm sure they are. You could probably find him, like, actually in his shop making all these lures out of, like, plastisol and, oh, and, and pouring his rubbers and describing how he rigs up Mr. Wiggly's in different ways. It's really cool, man. Hmm. It's really, it's really cool. cool. I love watching those bait making shows. I, I watch them that. like almost every night. Yeah. <laughs> Do you make your own baits? No, I've tried. You did make one. I did. Yeah, remember that giant wake bait? Your rat? Not really a rat. Just like that giant wooden plug it's thing. So that... yeah, I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make like just a topwater wake bait thing. <laughs> so I took literally a dowel, cut a joint in it, made a. I wanted to make it pop too. Yep. So I hollowed out the front of it so it was like a popper. Yeah. Put a um, a uh, lip. <laughs> put a lip on it, and I threw some hooks in it, and it actually worked really well. <laughs> it was just. A, it was literally just a. Did cylinder. you call it? Did you call it the Woody? I don't even remember what the fuck I called it. I don't remember. You, you did have some like stupid but hilarious name for it. I can't remember what it was now because you haven't thrown it in like two years. The wobbly sausage. What was that? No, I that was. <laughs> The best name I ever heard. I was a freshman football. And, you know, my coach knew, like, we were big fishermen. He's friends with my father and stuff. So, you know, we have practice on Monday. He goes, hey, Chris, did you go uh, go fishing this weekend? I go, yeah, yeah. He goes, what's your favorite lure? I go, probably a sluggo. And he goes, oh, I like the blue vein wobbler. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, think you I know them. back then I guess you can get away with those jokes. Fortunately, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not anymore. No, yeah, no. <laughs> that'd be a level three now. Definitely. <laughs> Actually, we might have to edit that out. <laughs> I get sent to Ohio. Oh my god! So I was looking, uh, going through your um, your Instagram before you guys came over, and I saw there was a, one of the reels. The boat was in the garage. It looks like you have a pretty bad, a badass electronic setup. Is that like a <laughs> Helix 15, is that what that is? What is uh, that? Lawrence HDS oh, Live Lawrence. 16. Oh, yeah, okay. but, and then above it is the Helix 9. So gotcha. the HDS 16 is for active target and uh, it takes up about 14 inches of screen. About the last two inches, I've got split vertical, um, you know, top and bottom half, traditional 2D sonar, and then map below that. And I had a lot of my friends that are like, you, you're stupid, you don't need to run regular transducer if you have live. The, these people don't understand that. Oh, it's that. a big difference. Yeah. It's a huge difference. And, you know, when you're look, depending upon what you run your frequency at, you get a broader cone angle with your traditional 2D sonar yep. that you can't get with active target because that's a very, very narrow beam. And I was like, okay, really simple. You're fishing deep water, you're not going to be able to see every fish. Unless you're constantly spinning your live around, you're yeah. not going to be able to see every fish versus... I can still stay focused on what I'm trying to see at a distance. And then my traditional 2d sonar 
if something comes under the boat within 20 feet of the boat, I'm still going to be able to see that. And a lot of these people don't understand that. I understood that even before I had my job. But now with my current job, I really understand that now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I work for a, a company in Milford that they, they sell transducers. Oh, they they wow. build oh, transducers. So you probably know kidding. the company. Which co- what is it? Airmar. Is it, you work for Airmar? Yes, I do. Oh, boy, we got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> you guys would have lost your shit. I was uh, working for Airmar down at the... Um, Miami International Boat Show two oh, weeks ago. Oh, oh, you were were you down there? Oh man, Dude, there was like over a hundred million dollars worth of boats oh, down there. It was yeah, amazing, ridiculous. It was amazing. I like I was talking to him. I was like, you you would have lost your shit down there too. The place was cool. They had. I, I don't even remember what brand of boats they were. Did you see Midnight, Midnight Express? Did you see Midnight Express? I'm pretty Express? sure I did. Oh, yeah. But there was like three boats down there looked just like that, like same build out and everything. I'm like, wow, it's cool. But they were like. Like sports car colors. They had a red one, red lights everywhere, a green yeah, one, and an awesome. orange one. And like walk down the row, and I'm like, holy shit, these boats are awesome. There's probably like a $500,000 boat, whatever. And I, I walk back and then go around the other side, but I look over, and they parked a Lamborghini that was the same exact orange as the boat beside it. I was like, huh. Maybe it's a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Must buy one, get one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, got, I got to go to the Fort Lauderdale boat show a couple of years ago. Man, I just couldn't believe some of the shit I saw down there. It's like, oh my God. Mm. Like, the, like, I love my boat. My boat's perfect, you know, but like they didn't have anything small than 30 feet even oh, yeah. at the docks, at the slips, you know what I mean? It was, it was insane. I think the smallest boats they had was for Skeeter. Yeah. Like Skeeter had a bunch of like their flats boats out there or whatever. Um, so like still center consoles, but like really, really kind of yeah, like a bay boat. Yeah, 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 yeah. like yeah. smaller. They're really popular down bottom. down south for that type of fishing. Yeah, yeah. So it's like Skeeter itself had a pretty good area, and then as soon as you get out of that, it, like you said, it's like thirty plus feet across the board. It's like walking around. I'm like then the mega yachts, the all the all the non fishing boats. Oh, oh God. Jesus! Uh, there was there the was too Wall much money boats. down there. Yeah. Right? You know? <laughs> I, I could. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna stand here in my transducer booth, and <laughs> this is my world. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, all right. So let's. I want you to kind of expand on that too, because that's something I always tell people too. So, um, that live target. So, is that the the forward facing one? Yes. Okay. All right. I just. I'm not sure what Lawrence's terminology. So, Lawrence is active target. Garmin active is live scope, and then Humminbird is mega live. Mega yeah. live. Right. So. And same thing, too, like, um, that's why I run my 2D a lot, because I can split the different frequencies and get the two different cones, as opposed to when I'm just running my um, my side imaging or my down my down imaging specifically. You only have, kind of have that one frequency to kind of go through and, and get that same cone. So people always ask me, which one do you run? I'm like, well, I run both of them. Yep. You know, I run my 2D and I run that one. But I'm mostly looking at my 2D most of the time because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just experienced with it. Like, I really know what I'm looking at there. Yeah. You know, I'll use the down imaging just to kind of differentiate maybe is a fish or something else like a rock or a weed pile or something um but like from my 2d i can tell like what type of fish it is kind of the size of it you know where it's hanging out a little bit more and like i said i'll change the cone whether i'm shallow or deep depending on what i'm doing so i think that's a really important thing people can understand if they understand the electronics how to maximize it the best mm-hmm. that they can oh yeah absolutely we use literally every screen on that boat yeah a lot <laughs> side imaging Mega 360 on my Humminbird. Um, How do you like it? I'm thinking about putting one on my 360. Next yeah. you get it. Dude, you can you, just you, get it. You can ax, wax eloquent about that. Just <laughs> go for it. Fucking get it. Yeah. How about that? No <laughs> wax shit. your ass with that. <laughs> no, it's like we'll pull up on a spot like looking at 2D and you'll look down and you'll see how it's kind of rocky and whatever and it goes down the other side. With the 360, you look <laughs> down, you, you can see it from 
I don't know how far how far does that max out at? Um, 150 feet diameter, so 75 feet radius. So you can okay. see 75 feet in front of you. As that thing spins around, you see literally rock pile, and you can see each individual rock yeah. on the screen looking at, like, an overview. And then even 75 feet, that's casting distance easily, oh, yeah. right? So you can just yep. stand up there and cast to those situations. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, does it work if you spot lock as well? Oh, yeah. yeah, it yeah, works better lock. when you're spot locked because no the kidding. moment you start moving, yeah. you're – you're yeah. kind of like trying to paint a moving oh, picture, and it gotcha. doesn't really work. So mm-hmm. we, we're constantly spot locked and looking at it. If we're moving around a lot more, <clears throat> I'll shorten up the range so yeah. it's only like forty feet out for radius, yeah, so uh, and I'll max out the range. Uh, the uh, the update speed is speeds one through six. Yeah, and it's just you lose a lot of clarity when you're doing that because it's just wiping by so fast. But Correct. you just at least. It depends on the body of water. You know, yeah. if you're out in a like typical glacial lake, it's kind of like nothing, and then you get some rocks, and then you get random vegetation. So it's perfect for things like that because where you have just nice sandy bottom for a long range, and all of a sudden, like a rock pile, even at that max range, can stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, that's what I'm saying too. Like even when I'm like fishing the flats and stuff like that, you can find those little holes, those little rock piles that mm-hmm. just happen to be there that you might not that aren't marked on a chart or you might not know about. But having that 360 view and seeing exact exactly where it is just makes total sense. It's nice because you can see the deep water in it too. Correct. Like you can tell where it drops off. It's like holding a flashlight on like a bent piece of paper. Yep. Yeah. Like. You see the paper as it goes across, and then it just kind of gets dark. Yeah, it just gets dark on that side, and that's how you know. (laughs) Because, yeah, you can't – the um, frequency can't bounce back um, from that. It just kind of shoots off or doesn't bounce back quite as fast. Yeah, I was just thinking about it. It seems like any situation – and I would have my trolling motor in the water, it would be dynamite for Yeah, if you don't have it on when you have the trolling motor in the water – you're fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> when, especially for saltwater. Well, you need the trolling motor in the water f- to do it, right? It attaches to the trolling motor, or can you put it on the hull? You know, at one point, they sure actually had a transit-mounted version, kind of like the Minn Kota Town, where it, like, t- scoped out. They yeah. had a version like that. I don't okay. know if they still make it or not. So as far as I know, the only thing they do make is a trolling motor-mounted uh, uh, version. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I will tell you, though, like, for freshwater, like, our fish are obviously a lot smaller than what you would typically get in for saltwater. And if I dial it in just right, so instead of getting the whole 360-degree circle, I will bias it. So I only get the front 180. Yeah. And then I can turn into wiper mode. Oops, geez. So it'll, you know, just back and forth, back and forth. And I'll shorten up the distance to, like, 30 feet, and I'll yeah. max out the speed. And with the practiced, well-trained eye, even in shallow water, I can see fish moving inside of that range. Mm-hmm. They'll just see um, a dot. You'll see, of, see the dot moving. moving. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now... We've taken my boat down, and I, I don't even want to say the specific area, but southern New England and fished for winter holdover stripers. The Dude, with how easy it is to see stripers on that thing, it is stupid. So when you're talking about bigger fish, you could max that thing out. You can get the full range on it, and then as you're trolling around where you are, you'll be able to see anything inside of that 150-foot range. Yeah, it's not like you've got to use side imaging as you're going and then be like, oh, they're over there, and then spin the boat around. You can literally just kind of go around and you can see them they're 75 feet that way okay yeah, just like turn and cast like yeah, it's I, nice dude. you can get it ahead of you rather than right. have to deal with it behind you yeah right yeah and, and it's it's almost killer for trolling that point. yeah especially if you have it maxed out like full speed range like even a like stripers are big enough you're still gonna be able to see those pretty yeah. damn easy i mean i like mark. to troll with my trolling motor so yeah i do a lot of my trolling with my trolling motor now too yeah yeah and like it's good, nice because we'll be it, yeah, it sure. really is. We'll be fishing along, and I'll see something 360, and I'll just point back to him. I'll be like, oh, the rock pile, and I'll be like, uh, I'll look down. 
quick math it out, make it 55 feet and I'll either hold my arm out or I'll just kind of stand on the side and I'll lay my rod down across my graph, like butt end just on the very edge. And then you know, the rest of the seven foot rod sticking out and he kind of looks over. Yeah. I, how many big fish have we caught from doing exactly that? A lot. Oh, it, it's stupid. We owe the majority yeah. of our big fish that we've caught in the last two years, specifically the 360, because we can see structure and cast like precisely to it. From yeah. a distance, which is just an invaluable asset to have. I mean, I just think about how much my side scan's done the same thing for me, the side imaging. And you just see so many fish or so much, so many structures just where they are and where they relate to you that you might not pick up immediately on the chart, but when you see it right there on your graph, mm -hmm. it's like you, you know it's there. You get, you're good to go. You know, make your take your shot. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, I can't even imagine if it's in front of you, like Dan said, and not having to turn so you around actually can back just on get ready. Yeah. You just jump up, grab your rod, and go instead of yeah. having to turn the boat around or back up or do whatever yep almost sounds like a cheaper option than a tower dan yeah seriously <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you don't even need your eyes you know oh just to see the screen yeah yeah and you can interlink and share that so if you say you put a uh, uh mfd up front at the bow with the trolling motor so you could actually stand up there and look at it while you're doing it you can interlink a 360 image from that back to the one at your helm too yeah it's yeah. pretty nice but it has to be a hummingbird unit correct yeah yeah you can't do it across no nope. cross mfds mm. yeah so cool i don't know what else we got guys <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited i want to do some bass fishing in the next couple of weeks if i get an opportunity i know chris sweet. chris got his go. dad all this like ice fishing shit for christmas so obviously we have no ice yeah i was getting ready for i wanted to go catch lake trail through the ice this year and I just, man. never panned out nope. dude he called yeah. it you know like sometime around november he's like i want to get into ice fishing this year let's go ice fishing i'm like all right usually i just kind of go with my buddies who got all the shit because you know they come on my boat for for salt water so i'm hopping on their freshwater game here yep so uh so i was like yeah i kind of want to do it i want to get the whole kit and caboodle so we all like pitched in and got like everything you needed for ice fishing and you know it's christmas morning and he's just like yeah he goes we're not gonna get any ice now we're not, we're not, you know, i'm not even gonna unwrap the rest of this yeah he called that one yeah. <laughs> that's funny not unless you drive two hours for it that's the thing like we could have gone but yeah i, I I don't want to drive an drive. hour and a half to go walk a half an hour across the ice. No, yeah, rather, dude, it doesn't move the needle for me. South to yeah. go on open water. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> dude, January second, we drove up to freaking uh, Mallet's Bay on Champlain. We fished open water January second. So no it's like, shit. you want ice fishing? I'm like, I would literally rather drive twice that distance to go fish open water. And we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good day too. How's the fishing? Good. Not as good as we had hoped, but not. Caught my first yeah. channel cat. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's dude, sweet. That was stupid. There's one like. Mallets has a bunch of humps out there, and I've heard that their fish, it was a little late in the year for it. We should have been deeper, but there were still fish there. And we were fishing one, and, like, the main lake side of it, it dropped, like, almost cliff-like. Mm -hmm. And every time we've gone up there, and he said it, like, two or three times today, he's like, dude, I really want to catch a catfish. Because we know guys do it at this time of the year, especially, like, Connecticut River. I know a couple of guys that, like, they catch a ton of catfish. And um, I just see him out of the corner of my eyes bouncing that blade bait, and almost just like, He's like, well, I don't know what happened. It's huge. <laughs> I think it had to have been around ten pounds. Oh shit! Like, it was pretty big. Yeah, it was. I mean, that freaking it was big. Like, so heavy. I, I, you gotta wow. I was like, I'm pretty sure I still have a picture of that, and I really hope I do. I don't see why not. Send it over to me. We'll throw it up on the dude. It thumped oh, it's it. It's right there. It was in like Look 55 feet. Oh, son of a bitch. That's a best up. Oh. I don't want a best up. Just show me the damn picture. <laughs> it was in like 55 feet of water. 
And I no was kidding. bouncing a blade, blade bait off the bottom. And just totally unexpected? Where and you... I was just kind of like, I don't know. Oh, look at that Kind thing. of being dumb, and it just thumped oh, that's it. That's awesome. <laughs> Catfish Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what movie? Yeah, that was a cool fish. Dude, that was a really cool fish. Crummy old man. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Catfish God. Hunter? I haven't watched that now. Oh, yeah. Hunter. Hunter. I know. I gotta Catfish watch Hunter. It. <laughs> it was a Frank of the Beans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Playing the old, I the sausage. <laughs> the old baloney yeah. pony. <laughs> I've been to Hawaii when I... Like... to the optometrist. <laughs> <laughs> what island? Yeah. Come on, I want to lay ya. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, you should stop smoking. I'm 92 years old. What the hell do I care? <laughs> <laughs> I suck the bacon grease off my plate every day for 93 years. <laughs> <laughs> I eat bacon for lunch and bacon for dinner, and I have whiskey with it. And I'm still here. <laughs> it's genuine, not imitation leather. <laughs> so good. Oh, Chris, what else we got? Uh, man, you, um, you guys have anything coming up? Anything yeah. you want to talk about? Any turnies? <laughs> any, what, what? Jesus Christ, what don't we have coming up? We got yeah. 2023 coming up. Yeah. That's what we there got. You go. Dude. <laughs> So uh, next up is the New Hampshire Outdoor Expo, which actually, um, I believe there's some saltwater stuff there. There's a lot of freshwater stuff. There's a lot of stuff for hunters. Like, it, it covers the whole gamut. We have our own booth there for Rear Northern Bass. We'll be there all weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for myself. That's Andrew. next weekend, correct? Yeah. 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 So a week from today. I think I'll be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Maybe Friday, too? I think so. All right, neat. So, well, at the very least, myself all three days, Andrew, Saturday, Sunday, definitively, maybe Friday, too. We're, I mean, we've got a ton of apparel we're selling, decals, hats, T-shirts, hoodies. Um, we're doing seminars Saturday and Sunday. I'm trying to think. We're doing a, a casting competition on Saturday. I forget what time. But we got a bunch of stuff doing that. And then the following weekend, we'll be working the Northeast Swim Bait Expo. And that will be in Sturbridge, Massachusetts. And that one, we're not doing for our own brand. Uh, we're representing two of our sponsors, Defiant Fishing, Swim Baits, and Fishing Line, mm -hmm. and then Big Bass Dreams, which is apparel. Awesome. Um, so mm -hmm. we'll, we'll be working a booth to represent those two brands while we're there. And I will probably spend money on a big bait while I'm there because I'm an idiot. And I probably will too. Oh, yeah. It, for big bait anglers, like that is an awesome yeah. show to go to. Mm -hmm. Let's not even talk about gear acquisition. Dude, it's, yeah. been, yeah. it's been a long winter. <laughs> it's been a long winter. Yeah, seriously. Between you and Fallon right now, I can't get through the day without like <laughs> six text messages from each of them. Like, oh, what about this? Just get this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I had to drop off something to the bait shop today. I, I walked out of there spending 120 bucks on a new Grundon's jacket. So, you know, it just doesn't stop. No, doesn't no. Stop. Never ends. After that, though, we're free and clear until May. Then we go on a trip with Dennis, actually, up to Champlain for a few days. Nice. Um, nice. First. Big turn of the years in June, Plunder Bay open up on Champlain. I am signing up for a one solo big tournament in July up on Champlain. Then we Candlewood Fishing Camp, we're guiding for a week. It's just, it, it's going to be pretty hectic for the first couple months. And then after that, hopefully just a lot of travel. The goal is to get up to Maine a lot this year. Yeah, mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, for sure. Actually, before we go, there's one thing I do want to talk to you about. You mentioned you coach a high school fishing team. I did, not anymore. I did it for the last four seasons. Okay. Um, uh, so <laughs> uh, his name is Sawyer. He was a subscriber to the YouTube channel. Right? And this was like early on. It was four years ago now. And uh, he was going to a new senior year of high school, and he was on the bass fishing team. And their coach retired, so he just reached out to him. He's like, hey, man, our, our coach retired. Would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, actually, I would. Um, there was one year I helped out with the New Hampshire Junior Bass Masters. They have this deal 
uh, on Wentworth Lake and there's the Wentworth State Park. So the state park is an agreement with junior bass masters. You come up and you do like all like the spring cleanup landscaping stuff. And then we'll waive all your facility fees for the summer. So as a reward, you know, parents and people in the New Hampshire junior bass masters that help organize it, they reach out to a bunch of family and friends. Can you come up for a few hours, take these kids out as like a reward at the end of the day? I got asked up. I went, I had a blast. Two 14 year old kids. So when this opportunity came up, I was like, hell yeah, I'll, I'll jump on that. Sweet. And first three years were phenomenal. Last year was kind of so-so. Um, I, I definitely should have handled it better. Not that I handled it poorly. It just kind of, it didn't go the way I had hoped. And the way, I, I, I can't even say anything more because I know people are going to take it the wrong way. But I get it. They're 16-year-old kids. They got their licenses. They got girlfriends. Like, I get it. The focus just wasn't there. And I was yeah. I was discouraged and disappointed by it. Um, uh, very small part of that played into it for me resigning. Yeah. But the big thing was, like, this was a year we were finally going to be like, okay, we're going to do a tournament trail. And typically, the there's only two tournaments that we actually are obligated to do as high school uh, captains or coaches. And that's the uh, qualifying champ. Uh, sorry championship qualifying tournament mm -hmm. and the top 33% of finishing teams and that go to the state championship. And they're always right about the same time as like the state team qualifying tournament for New Hampshire bass nation or like some other big club open. So I was like, yeah. you know what? I don't know what the season's going to look like other than that's going to be an issue. And I'll just, I'll take a year off and see how I feel the year after. And if I can, I'll pick up another school. Yeah. So it, it was good. Um, I, I regret how I kind of vented about the scene <laughs> when I was done after that, that one tournament we did this last year. Um, it was just, it was, and it was unfortunate. Uh, but uh, aside from that, I really enjoyed the experience. It's cool. I had some really great kids, uh, pretty much all four years that we did it, especially last year is this one kid named Dylan and he was just fucking fired up every time we we're out there, dude. Oh yeah. Like he was hyper-focused and he was like constantly asking questions. He was just really inquisitive. Like he genuinely was like, dude, I want to learn. Like, I will listen to you talk about anything and everything all day. Teach me, please. And, uh, as now, a coach, that's the best. Isn't dude, it? Yeah. I love when I get kids like that out in the boat. Oh, when yeah. I was coaching kids in football like that. Mm -hmm. Like that's what it's about. You just wish everyone was like that all the time. Oh yeah. You know? But like he, he wasn't just asking questions for the sake of questions either. Like, like you could coach. tell he's processing it and then like tuning into like, okay, now I need to execute on it. And he would do it. And that's always really cool to see. But now his nephew is going to be a freshman in high school next year. Uh, well, this year coming up. And uh, that's only one town over from us. So I don't know. There's a small part of me. Like if that coaching gig becomes uh, uh, open, yeah. I got to go for it. Cause I know the two kids that were on that school, they're both graduating this year. So to be, and they were on the team all the last four years. Those, I know one of the kids, he's a hammer. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. So with them gone, it's kind of like clean slate for who can be on the team. So I, you know, it, that's the only opportunity I would consider that just for this year, next year, kind of a little more wide open yeah that's so cool like growing up yeah, i wish i amazing. wish we had some sort of fishing uh, team man that would have been all, yeah we all do sick dude oh well because right? you're 31 now 32 what year is yeah, it? you start to forget after 2023 yeah seriously yeah 32 okay so we're six years apart and i so you just missed it milford I know. where we went was Bullshit. one of the schools that was like the earliest adopters once new hampshire brought it in uh, to yeah. the hiaa then milford was one of the first schools to adopt it and I think you missed it by like a year or two. And I, I missed oh. it by like six mm. or seven years. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I was so really wrong. upset when I heard about it. But I was like, oh, well, it'd be kind of cool to get involved in the coaching aspect. So I got a few like, friends that are still doing it. To know how much I was fishing back then still. And like wonder where the hell I would be today. 
Yeah. Well, it's kind of crazy, too, when you think about it. I mean, at least, like, in saltwater, like, if you're a kid around here growing up, like, you have opportunities to work as a mate, like, on a party boat. Like, or, that's... Or work on I, the That dogs. was my dream, was to work on a fishing boat. Dude, it was my favorite job I've ever had, oh. working as a mate. It was so much fun. You know, when you're there, it might not seem like it's the most fun in the yeah, world. Yeah, you look back. But like, you look back, dude. <laughs> dude, you were, you were fishing, like, 80 hours a week every day, and that's all you had to do was just fish and clean the boat, fish and clean the boat. And it, it was just an experience. Like, all my, a lot of my best friends uh, I met in those boats, a lot of people that were clients. And then the customers, and yeah, like, the, the yeah. characters. It must have been awesome. I was, like, 16, so cool. and my mom's like, you got your license, you got a car, go to the harbors and ask if they need help. I'm like, ah, I don't want to go out. <laughs> I was, like, kicking myself from not doing yeah. it, whatever. Dude, a couple, there was a kid that just posted something on one of the uh, Merrimack Fisherman Forums on Facebook looking for uh, a mating job or something. He must have got, like, 85 responses, like, within an hour. Oh, people crap. just like, oh, yeah, good for you. You know, here are some places to look and things like that. <laughs> I know I always get a few calls um, every every winter for something like that, and I try to steer them in the right direction of where they can go and pick something up, and you know, because you know that's what it's about. These younger kids, if they get a good influence in their life and they have a good experience, you know, they end up being a psychopath like us one day. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, we are all a little. Yeah, we're out there. <laughs> we're all fucked. Yeah. There, there's something a little different. You know, you, you guys probably get this, too. Like, we bring a lot of people on for podcasts, a lot of people who are pretty good at this and pretty dedicated at it. And that's one thing I found, even like people I don't even know, but people I've like looked up to or heard about. And everyone just says the same things that you guys have tonight. Like, you know, we're always trying to learn, no matter how good you are. We're always trying to find new techniques, new spots. I have a group of small people I talk to, and we compare things back and forth. And what's really cool, like you were saying, Sean, is like you started off like kind of as you were learning. So you have like this whole thing documented yeah. in, a, in a neat way. And people who have been with you since the beginning watching YouTube videos probably have seen that and grown with you as well. And you meet a lot of friends that way. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Actually, I mean, now I think about it, two of our really close friends, Dennis and our friend Travis, mm -hmm. I met because I started the channel. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Dennis, I met through Facebook. Travis, I met before. Travis lived uh, one town over from us. And I was posting to the bass fishing subreddit. And same deal. He would like one day he was like, so you're from New Hampshire. I'm pretty sure I recognize a couple of these spots you posted pictures from. Like, was were you here and here? And I was like, actually, yeah, no shit, I wasn't. He's like, dude, I'm from like Mont Vernon, one town over from you. And I was like, oh. And he's like, you want to go fishing somewhere? I was like, yeah, sure. And I remember I was talking about it with our buddy Jared Forns, mm. and uh, it was at another one of our friends' wedding, and somehow this came up and. Jared looked at me, he's like, so you're going to go fishing with a total stranger? I'm like, yeah, no, he's an angler. It's fine. <laughs> it's different. Yeah, we got okay. something in common. He's like, I will come with you to make sure you're safe. I'm like, no, 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 we're, we're, all, we're all the same kind of crazy, so we're not in danger. <laughs> Dude, isn't that the craziest thing, right? It really like, is. I'll have like a fr Facebook friend request and I'll be like, oh, good looking girl. And then there'd be some old dude with a shitty fish. I'm like, yeah, I'm friending this dude. <laughs> I trust him. I'm just ugly enough that no, if, if, exactly. if a pretty girl friend requests me, I know that shit's yeah, fake. Yeah, I'm like, spam, <laughs> spam. Those hackers could fuck me though if they hold me a nice striper. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome alright fellas hey man thanks a lot thanks for coming out it was great to see you guys again yeah, really yeah, glad you know checking out the YouTube channel it's awesome stuff it's very entertaining you know so as somebody who's just starting this kind of journey 
you know, we look up to you, and you know, hopefully one day have to reach what you guys do and have a little fun. Well, I mean, fun. you already got you all the gear. Awesome. Yeah, pretty yeah. much all the same. You're off on the right got. start. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. You just gotta get the camera to fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is where all you yeah. come in, all your supporters <laughs> donate to the cause. Sony A6400 comes with a 15 to I think uh, 50 millimeter lens. Yeah, it's like, like 950 that. bucks. Now, if all of you pitch in just a little bit, you can easily and quickly reach that and. That's how we Golden. got ours. All, ours. all our subs <laughs> bought our camera for us. It did. It was fantastic. They also bought us that too, the Roadcaster. <laughs> yeah, this thing's been pretty sweet. Awesome. Oh, dude, that thing is worth its weight. In Once gold. I yep. sit around and actually play to figure out exactly what it does, it, it's, it's going to be sweet. Yep. I know. We awesome. still have to preload our sounds in here too, like the. Oh yeah, you know, the drag, drag peeling, yeah. <laughs> engine. It's the only one I want. I'll just sit here. And be the, like, the wicked tuna beeps. <laughs> beep 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 beep. <laughs> Chris will look at me and go, "What else we got?" And I'll just go. <laughs> all right, that's great, fellas. Sean yeah, and the Andrew, real northern bass. Check them out on YouTube. Great guys, good, great fishermen, and awesome to talk to. Thank you, appreciate yeah, it. Man. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for having time. us on, boys. We all appreciate right. it.